For decades, many churches have featured their particular youth ministry on one Sunday a year, and that's usually called the Youth Sunday. This is a Sunday that I'm sure many people have rolled their eyes and wished they would have just slept in instead of making the trek to church. Maybe that person has even been you. Maybe you've walked into church over the past decades and on one of these youth Sundays and thought to yourself, seriously, I dragged myself out of bed, come to church to listen to this cringe-worthy, off-tune youth band. And I use the term band lightly here because sometimes it sounded like a middle school concert. And then after you painfully take it for the team and endure that musical punishment, you need to listen to some 19-year-old preacher with ripped skinny jeans. <laughs> well, I'm glad to say that this is not at all what our next Generation Sunday looks like. This is not your typical youth Sunday. In fact, you may have just saw the band who was leading worship, and it looks like a typical Sunday band. Do you know why? Because these are the people that lead our normal Sunday bands. Our young people are the ones that are leading us in worship week after week. Our young people are very talented, and I'm so proud to be part of a church that gives young people an opportunity to lead. Not only that, but our kids and preteen, youth and young adults pastors are incredibly talented young leaders. Many of them are great up-and-coming preachers that we continue to give opportunities to speak even on the big stage because that's the type of church we are. At Broadway Church, we believe in the next generation. Can I get an amen? There you go. I say all that to say, please don't tune me out simply because it's the next generation Sunday. Over the next few minutes, we're going to unpack one of the biggest barriers that young people face. Over the next few minutes, we're going to unpack one of the biggest struggles that young people face. Today's young people are some of the most ambitious and eager and passionate people around, but many are paralyzed by the thoughts that are going through their mind. And I think we're going to realize as we go through this over the next few minutes that this is not just a young person problem. This is a people problem. Many are paralyzed by the lies and negative thoughts going through their mind. Did you know that according to researchers at Michigan State University, the average person could have up to 80,000 thoughts a day. And of those 80,000 thoughts, 80% 80 of them could be negative thoughts. That means a person could have up to 64,000 negative thoughts a day. Negative thoughts that run uncontrolled through our mind. And young people and many adults have these thoughts of worry and doubt and fear and anxiety weighing them down. Every thought continues to wear us out and weigh us down. Just imagine having a pillow placed on top of you every time you have a negative thought. Thoughts like, no one will ever call me. Or I'll never get a raise. Everyone takes advantage of me. My children never listen to me. I'm getting too fat. My grades aren't good enough. He's always putting me down. I can't do it. I'll never amount to much. Or thoughts like she will never love me. And to compound these negative thoughts, think about the stress that social media adds to this. You begin to scroll down your newsfeed and suddenly your life doesn't seem as fun or exciting or satisfying even anymore. Even more negativity swirls in your mind. You start to think to yourself, I wish I can go on that vacation. 
Why isn't my house that clean? I need to get a tan. I'll never be able to afford that. I wish I could look like that. Just like holding one pillow isn't heavy or distracting, one negative thought isn't heavy or distracting either. But as those negative thoughts begin to compound, they begin to bury us. They start to become obstacles to where you're trying to go. And these negative thoughts, they wear us out and they weigh us down. It's no wonder that the author of the ancient book of Proverbs brilliantly writes this. He says, anxious hearts are very heavy. Anxious hearts are very heavy. An anxious heart here is referring to a heart that has fear or sorrow or concern. The writer is saying that fearful hearts are very heavy. Sorrowful hearts are very heavy. Concerned hearts are very heavy. So have you ever felt like that? Do you currently feel like that? If you were to take a survey of the thoughts that have been going through your mind over the last 24 hours, what types of thoughts have you been having? I think the writer of this ancient proverb got it exactly right. Anxious hearts are very heavy. Anxiety in a person does weigh them down. It does make a heart heavy. But thankfully, the writer doesn't stop there. Thankfully, there's a but. Anxious hearts are heavy, but a word of encouragement does wonders. The reality is, there are many anxious and fearful and heavy and sorrowful and concerned hearts in today's world, but encouragement does wonders. I coached volleyball at Van Tech Secondary School for a number of years, and, and that's the school is right across the street from our Vancouver campus. And I remember I coached this one particular team three years in a row. And I don't want to brag or anything, but we won the city championship back to back to back. For those of you that don't play sports, that's called a three-peat. Some would even refer to that as a dynasty. I wouldn't go there, but some may refer to it as that. But I remember coaching this one particular season with that team, and my friend was coaching with me, and he insisted to be the bad cop. In his mind, the harder you were on the players, the better they were going to perform for you. And I remember watching this very first practice, and he took this very, fir very first practice, and his in-your-face approach was just not working. Anytime the ball hit the net, there was a lecture. Anytime a pass was off, there was a disappointing head wave. Anytime there was a lack of communication among the teammates, there was a negative comment made by this coach. And I couldn't believe how bad this team was playing under this bad cop coach. I remember clearly when I asked him to step down after the first half an hour or so of practice and I took over and for the next part of practice, I barely coached their skill set. I focused on coaching their mind. I barely coached their skill set. I focused on coaching their mind. Instead of a lecture for hitting the net, I commended their effort. Instead of, instead of a disappointing head wave, I complimented their focus. Instead of a negative comment, I congratulated their effort. And guess what? It was like they were a different team. Heads that were hung in disappointment, disappointment suddenly had hope. Morale started to come up, and there was actually smiles on the court, believe it or not. And guess what? Less mistakes were being made. Why? Because a word of encouragement 
does wonders. That word encouragement literally means good word. A good word does wonders in someone's life. Now I'm going to show you my tiling toolbox. Ah. Now this is less of a toolbox, it's more of a tool bucket. My dad uh, is a tile guy, I grew up going to tile jobs with him during the summer and spring break and he gave me a bunch of his old tools for some odd jobs here and there. And in, the, in my tool bucket there are many tools and each of these tools have different functions. Each tool has a specific purpose. This is called a trowel. Everyone say trowel. Trowels have different sizes of teeth depending on how big the tiles are. And this is used to spread the mortar on the walls or on the, on the floor depending on where you're installing the tile. Next, we have a pointer. This is a pointer. This helps to lift up the tiles and help them set properly. You can scrape the gunk in between the tiles. It's a pointer. It's very valuable for a tile setter. Next, we have a laser level. As you can see, the laser shines a light on the wall or on the floor to make sure that you install the tile straight and properly. Very valuable. And finally, we have a tile nipper. That's right, it's actually called a tile nipper. And what you do is you go to the edge of the tile and you can snip pieces off the edge of the tile. If you're using tiles, if you're installing tiles, each one of these tools are very unique and very valuable to a tile setter. Now today, I want to give you a very unique and a very valuable tool that you can use for the specific purpose of speaking an encouraging word in someone's life. Using this tool will change the world of the people around you. This tool is four simple words. Four simple words that you can use to speak life into people around you, especially young people. It's four simple words that you can use to speak truth into people around you, especially young people. It's four simple words that you can use to speak greatness into people's lives, especially young people. This tool consists of four specific words to combat the 64,000 negative thoughts that are weighing many people down all around you. These four words were used on me many years ago as someone spoke into my life. I remember when it happened I was 16 years old and I was an insecure 16 year old at the time. I didn't have much confidence, I didn't think much of myself and I remember exactly where I was when it happened. I was outside my mentor Rick's house and as we were walking through his front door, he looked back at me and he said, Lewis, I see in you someone who's a pillar of the church. He looked back at me and he said, Lewis, I see in you someone who's a pillar of the church. Did you catch the four words there? The four words are this, I see in you. By using these four words, Rick called out greatness in my life before I even saw it in myself. Let me tell you, when you are a young person and someone older says something like this to you, it is absolutely life-changing. It reframes your story. It reminds you of your potential and it helps you sift through the lies and the negative thoughts in your mind and it helps you grasp on to the truth. Remember, a word of encouragement does wonders. A good word does wonders. 
That day, Rick used this powerful tool to speak greatness into my life even before I saw it in myself. I see in you. Now, we see this happening in the Bible all the time. God doesn't literally use the words, I see in you, but he's in the business of calling out greatness in people's lives. We're going to look at the example of the prophet Jeremiah and see how God called Jeremiah to the ministry that he was in. You can find this, find this story in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament of your Bible. And God said this. He said, Jeremiah, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations. That's what I had in mind for you. God's saying, listen, Jeremiah, I have a plan for your life. I have a great call on your life. Even before you were born, Jeremiah, I had a plan for you. Jeremiah, I see in you someone who's going to be a prophet to the nations. But look how Jeremiah responded. He said, hold it, Master God. Look at me. I don't know anything. I'm just a boy. Jeremiah says, yeah, okay, God, thanks for the encouragement, my friend, but listen, I'm young and I'm dumb. I have nothing to offer. You could just imagine all the negative thoughts of insecurity and of doubt that were racing through Jeremiah's mind. Jeremiah was thinking to himself, God, I'm just a kid. I can't do this. How are you calling me to do this? God, there's so many other people that can do this. I can't speak. I can't do it all. And Jeremiah was getting buried in his negative thoughts. But I want you to look closely at God's response. God said this, Jeremiah, don't say I'm only a boy. I'll tell you where to go and you'll go there. I'll tell you what to say and you'll say it. Don't be afraid of a soul. I'll be right there looking after you. God's saying, Jeremiah, you don't think you could amount to much, but I see in you someone who's a great leader and a prophet to the nations. I see in you potential that you didn't even know that you have. Jeremiah, I see in you someone who's a great man of God. I see in you someone who can do this. You see, God spoke greatness into Jeremiah's life even before he was great. The truth is he spoke this into Jeremiah's life while Jeremiah was still a kid, before he was confident, before Jeremiah was great. Let's look at another example also found in the Old Testament of the Bible. This is the story of Gideon. Now here God changes his approach a little bit. God sends an angel to Gideon and here's what the angel of the Lord said. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I mean, what an opening line here that the angel uses. It's quite in your face. I mean, try doing this the next time someone calls you. You know, Pastor Simon calling me, I go, instead of saying, hey Simon, I say, the Lord is with you, oh mighty warrior. I mean, it's quite in your face. There's probably going to be crickets on the other end of that. But the angel starts this conversation with a, band, with a bang, but he continues. He says, Gideon, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? God says, go and defeat the Midians and save your people. I'm with you, Gideon. You can do it. 
But look at Gideon's response. He says, pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. You see, Gideon's inner dialogue, his negative talk was telling himself this. He said, God, look at my clan and my family. I'm the, they're the weakest in my tribe. Not only that, but I am the weakest in my family. I am literally the lowest of the low. God, there are thousands of people more qualified than me. God, there are thousands of people that can do this better than me. You see, Gideon was being buried in his negative thoughts. But look at God's response. God says, Gideon, I see in you someone who's a mighty warrior. Notice how God started the conversation with that. He said, I see in you someone who's a leader. I see in you someone who does not rely on your own strength, but on my strength. I see in you, Gideon, someone who can do it. You see, God spoke greatness into Gideon's life even before he was great. He spoke this into Gideon's life while Gideon was a nobody, before he was confident, before he was great. Listen, in a day and age where people could have up to 64,000 negative thoughts a day, in a day and age where people get buried in their negative thoughts, our world needs you to take this tool and use it. I see in you. Our world needs you to take this tool and speak the truth into people's lives. I see in you. Our world needs you to take this tool and speak greatness into people's lives. I see in you. Our world needs you to take this tool and use it to speak a good word because a good word, an encouraging word, does wonders. Now you might be sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, Lewis, but where do I even begin? Whose life do I start speaking into? To whom should I begin using this tool? And the answer is simple. You need to start with the people that are closest to you. Maybe the ones that are closest to you, maybe it's a spouse or a parent or a sibling or a nephew or a coworker or a friend. For me, the ones that are closest to me are my wife and my kids. In fact, writing and preparing for this message has challenged me to write an I see a new letter to both of my kids. And I actually want to read you one of the letters that I wrote to one of my kids. It's not a long letter, but I think it could be a life-changing letter. This is to our seven-year-old, Maxim. I wrote, Max, your name has a very profound meaning. It means the greatest. When Jesus spoke of the greatest people, he didn't speak of the ones with wealth or status. Jesus said, the greatest among you will be your servant. Max, I see in you someone who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. I see in you someone who uses your gifts and your abilities to serve people and to serve God. You are so soft-hearted and kind. I see in you someone who God can use to do immeasurably more than you could ever think or imagine. Max, I see in you someone who is great in God's eyes. And I can't wait to give that to him. But you see what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to speak life. I'm trying to speak greatness into the lives of my children. 
Anxious hearts are very heavy, but a word of encouragement does wonders. There are many people in life that are drowning in their negative thoughts. Many people that are being so weighed down by these negative thoughts, and now you have the tool to help change that. I see in you. Now, because it's the Next Generation Sunday, as I close, I want to speak to and pray for three groups of people. First, I want to speak directly to the parents out there. If you're a parent and you're watching, you need to know that God has entrusted your children to you. So speak greatness into their lives. Encourage them every chance you have. Build them up, compliment them, honor them, and love them. Use this tool, I see in you. The second group is those who work with young people. Maybe you're a teacher or a daycare worker, school counselor, or maybe you're an employer and you've hired young people. Maybe you're a janitor and you come across dozens or maybe hundreds of young people. You need to know that young people are being weighed down and their hearts are heavy. The pressures that the next generation feels today are unlike any other generation. So speak life, speak greatness into their lives. Use this tool, I see in you. Finally, I want to speak to the young person that's watching today. If you're a young person, you need to know that you are created in the image of God. He's created you with intrinsic value and intrinsic worth. The negative thoughts that may be swirling around in your head may be telling you otherwise, but I see in you someone who's gifted and strong and able to do great things for God. Young person, I see in you someone who God has called and equipped for a special purpose here on earth. Young person, I see in you someone who's a pillar in your home, a pillar in your friends group, and a pillar in God's kingdom. Even if you don't see that in yourself, I see that in you. Young person, you don't have to get buried in the mound of negative thoughts and lies because many people see great things in you. Remember, anxious hearts are very heavy, but a word of encouragement does wonders. My challenge to you today, church, is go and do wonders in someone's life today. Why don't you bow your heads with me as we pray and close. God, I just pray today on Next Generation Sunday for all the parents out there. God, I pray for every parent that you would give them extra grace and strength as they're raising their young kids or teenagers or even young adults. I pray that you would help them speak life and speak greatness into their kids' lives. God, those parents that are struggling, that feel like they're at their end of their rope, give them extra strength and grace to push through right now. And God, I pray for every young person out there. God, I pray that you would just speak your truth into their, into their lives. I pray that you would surround them with people that could encourage them and lift them up. Someone like my mentor, Rick, who spoke greatness into my life, I pray that you would surround them with people like that. We pray that our next generation all over the world, but even specifically here at Broadway Church, would be a world-changing generation. And God, I pray for everyone who doesn't know you today. 
anyone that's watching today that doesn't have a relationship you, with you, that doesn't walk with you, God, I pray that you continue to stir in their hearts and I pray that you would come into their life. God, and I just pray that you would change them from the inside out today. And I pray this in your name. And everyone says...